Welcome to episode 15 of Disky Discussions. I'm your host, A.B. Basson. In this week's episode, I catch up with former professional footballer, Paul Johnston. Paul spent close to 10 years at Bitfest in a coaching capacity and was assistant to Gavin Hunt during the club's most successful period. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining me on Disky Discussions. I think it's a, a great time to chat to you considering, uh, you know, Orlando Parish just beat Cape Town City 2-0 uh, with a lot of Bitfest players in. Uh, Dion Hotto scoring in the first minute. You know him very well. Uh, what did you make of their performance and what have you made of the Bitfest players this season or former Bitfest players this season? Yeah. Um, yeah, first of all, thanks very much for having me on and it's it's good to see you again. It's been a while since the bubble. Yeah. Um, yeah, so always happy to chat football. Gives me an opportunity to keep my head in the game while I'm sitting at home, not involved. Uh, but yeah, I mean, rightly said, there's um, the players that have gone on from the now defunct Bidvestvits have not surprised, to be honest with you. I'm not surprised at all that they're doing so well. We knew the quality that we had um, in depth within the squad. And there was never a doubt in my mind, along with the rest of the technical staff, um, that the guys could could play for so-called bigger clubs and and easily hold their own, if not take the, take the teams forward. And that's exactly what we're seeing with obviously what you've mentioned with regards to Dion Hotto and Sabang Manari at uh, Orlando Pirates. And of course, let's not forget our old skipper, Tulani Schlatter. It has not just been them. You know, Nange at Stellenbosch has made a real impact, scored a few times yeah. off the bench. Uh, Machupu at TS Galaxy, has had a good season. Um, Eva and Gar scored a hat trick for Chippa United. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you if you think of the players that Bitface Fitz had there in their last season, do you think this season they could have you know been going for the title? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, every year that we we had the boys round, we we felt we could go on and win something. Um, if not the league, a second time round, certainly certainly a cup competition. And I think if things. I mean, it's easy to say in, in retrospect, but if things have been different last season without COVID and without the bubble, uh, we we may well have kicked on and and finished higher than we did. You know, I think we we could have well been challenging for the title last year um, or last season, should I say? And uh, and rightly so. Again, this season, you know, uh, you know, being being under Gavin for many years, he he certainly doesn't go into a league season looking to be second best. I mean, we go out to win at all costs. And um, and that's the game, you know. You don't win, you don't keep your job, and and the players were used to that. And we had, I mean, we had incredible players. You know, it's kind of we always knew that, but when you're when you're away from the game, like I am, um, and you just look at the at the on, you know, the ongoing PSL this season, and 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 you see our our players popping up all over the place and and giving a great account of themselves and and being prominent players in their new teams. It's just. It's just sad. It makes me very, very sad that we couldn't keep the guys together and, and go on to win another league title because they're, they're certainly all capable of more, as you've quite rightly seen. And, um, you know, like you said, Patsunange is doing great things at Stellenbosch, Zita Macheke at Stellenbosch. Mm. Um, I mean, the list the list goes on. I mean, you don't need me to tell you the players that have come out of the bid list that's stable and, and doing great things at, at every club that they've gone to. So I'm extremely proud, but extremely sad at the same time, you know. Yeah, we can carry on with with players in the in the PSL, but uh, looking to India, Carl Alexander has really impressed. Yeah. Um, Stuart Baxter has obviously now left the club, but he, he's really he really made a big impact in India. And have you followed his his progress? And are you surprised that he's made such a big impact? Not at all. I mean, I had I had lengthy discussions with Cole 
um, before his move to Odisha happened. He's um, he's he's a very very respectful character, um, and I know he had a lot of respect for me as long as as well as a lot of the technical staff around him, especially his, his peers and 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 the older guys in and around the squad. So. Like I said, we we had long discussions. There was an opportunity for him to to go to Kaiser Chiefs, but there was also a great opportunity which he um, was very excited about and going back and working under Stuart Baxter, um, a new country, new culture, new everything. Really, just a just a brand new adventure for him and his and his wife. And um, you know, he he pretty much took everything on board that I said, and and he made I think a great decision. Um, I'm not surprised at all that he's done so well. He's a he's an extremely dedicated character, extremely professional in in every aspect. And um, I'm just I'm just glad to see that he's getting on the score sheet. I know the team is not doing great. Um, they've they've struggled a little bit, but. Cole as an individual and as part of that team, he's he's been exceptional. He's really been good. You know, I pop him a message every now and then. And he's just always full of life, full of positivity. And I've got utmost respect for him for, for making the decision he did. A real point of pride for Bitfizvitz over the years was the, the Youth Academy. Um, obviously did very well in the last uh, MDC season. Keenan mm. Phillips has, has, you know, was really impressive in the last few weeks for Bitfizvitz in the bubble. Uh, he played really well that that final game. Um, what have you made of his progress and, and the progress of the other young players, uh, Rowan Human, obviously in uh, Israel? Is it? Um, what yeah, have you made of their, their progress and um, you know do you, do you see big futures for them? Absolutely. I mean, I, I certainly I certainly hope that they that they both kick on and not just them, but that everybody else that's moved on from the club. I mean. It makes me very happy to know that they have moved on to professional clubs and, and have kind of taken steps forward in their in their professional career. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, the setup was fantastic um, from from when Glenn Salmon was the head of academy to you know further beyond that when when Sheppy and, and Puku took over the Disky team. I mean, they did great things. The players were were exceptional and they they really came on leaps and bounds over the past couple of years. So the next step in their in the progression for them was was to make the step up. Um, and again, then coming into the bubble, it was, it was by chance that they did come in. I think they, they may have, um, I, I would have said they, they possibly should have been rewarded with, with first team appearances before the bubble. Uh, the bubble was very, very unique and we had to extend the squad, uh, because of the amount of games that we were playing, but it was certainly an opportunity for them to, to be involved in a first team environment and then get, um, you know, a certain number of appearances under their belt and, and they did great. And, and on the back end of that, they were obviously noticed by, by other clubs in the PSL. So they were, you know, chomping our, our hands off, so to speak, as soon as the club was sold and, um, and, and on they go onwards and upwards, as they say, you know. You've been uh, very vocal on social media uh, with this whole Chakuma sale and rightfully so considering, you know, that they, you know, took away Bitfitz's chance of celebrating 100 years. And now it's, you know, made even worse that the club has been sold again to a pharmaceutical businessman. Uh, you know, how disappointed are you with how the whole thing transpired and especially considering how quickly it happened? Yeah, massively disappointed. I mean, anyone that's, um, you know, I've never been kind of prolific on on social media, but you know, as as time goes on, you find that it's a it's a voice, and if I've got something factual to say, I'll, I'll certainly say it. 
and I, I don't agree with with anything that's happened. I can understand from a from a Bidvest point of view that they're just a they're a company that sponsored the the team and were there from a in a financial capacity. And once Brian Joffe left, that kind of the passion for the game and the heart that that Brian Joffe had you know, for, for taking the team forward and winning something was no longer there. So there was always from, from that point, there was always a bit of an uneasy feeling. If I'm quite honest, I had numerous conversations with, um, with Jose Ferreira, the ex CEO about, about those uneasy feelings and and what's going to happen in the future. And, And he always, you know, as a good CEO would, you know, kind of put your mind at ease and said, you know, there's nothing to worry about. You carry on and do and do what you have to do. The club will be will be around for for a long time to come, which, as we've seen now, is not the case. Um, again, just going back to the Bidvest thing. Yeah, under them, you're just another number. Um, you know, the bottom line for them is 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 money at the end of the day. And if they felt that it wasn't viable, so be it. I'm a little bit more disappointed in the way I would say that the PSL have gone about things. And it might you might think it's a bold statement, but for a for a product such as the PSL, which is so lucrative um, and has such a, a, a big following, I'm um, I'm gobsmacked at, at the way it was handled. I mean, you know, first of all, you'd think that an institution such a bid such as Vitz University or, or Bidvest Vitz, which it which it came to be, um, would there would be a little bit more care and thought as to who the club was sold to. It's fair enough it was it was up for sale, but I mean you can't just flog it to to anyone that comes along. I mean surely do your due diligence because at the end of the day it's going to affect the reputation of the PSL. And and sweep it under the rug you may, but the reality is there. I mean the guy bought the club and four months later it's up for sale again because he doesn't know his ass from his elbow about football, sorry to say. You know, not paying players is an absolute disgrace in this day and age. You know that they've got a they've got a good squad list. Don't get me wrong, good players. You know, but they go there with the hope of of resurrecting their PSL careers um, and moving on, and then they don't get paid. I mean, it's just scandalous that in this day and age that is allowed to happen. And here we are, four months later, they've sold the club again. Disgrace. Um, and and hopefully this time I don't know the the guy that's that's bought the club, but hopefully he's a lot more financially secure, um, has a genuine interest in football, and and certainly is able to pay the players. You know, I mean these guys are not are not servants to the game. They are they are contributors and massive contributors at that, and they they deserve to be or for their contracts to be honoured so they can perform their duties. Yeah, definitely a very good point. Do you think do you think more effort should have been made in, in maybe turning, you know, Bitfest Vitz or Vitz University into a second division club? Uh, you know, they've competed in that division before. Do you think a swap mm-hmm. deal would have been of, of best better interest for, you know, the the PSL as a whole? Yeah, look, I think again it comes down to the sale is the sale and that that is what it is, but I think the way the way it was handled um and particularly going back to the PSL that I think if the club was up for sale the PSL should have um should have been more involved at who takes over especially with regards to the legacy that of Bidvestvitz or of Vitz University you know it, it doesn't matter who it gets sold to but as long as there's there's um they're financially viable they have a genuine interest in football and know what they're doing you know then then fair enough and I think to to have kept um, the club where it was kept the name 
You know, those types of things are, are massively important. I mean, nowhere in the world, as far as I am aware, this sort of thing happens where it's just like trading, you know, you can just buy yourself a status in the PSL just because you can show funds initially, you know, not even not even a plan down the line of what you intend to do with the club. It's just it's just ludicrous in my book. Um, but yeah, I'd like to think that that the club would have been sold as a as a growing concern, you know, maybe the the name not changed, you know, I can, I can understand people wanting to put their own stamp on things, but, you know, just, just to the right type of people, maybe really. Yeah. Um, and, and even, even if that, even if it did go to someone outside the Vitz fraternity, then, then Vitz carry on their legacy, which I think the university in essence is trying to do, you know, they are trying to keep it going. I know that they, um, you know they're looking to to do very well in the Varsity Cup. Um, they've had an SAB team, I believe that they've they've taken over a, a Vodacom franchise as well. Uh, sorry, an ABC Motsepe League franchise. So so they are trying to grow it, but over the years it became they became two separate entities. But but good on them for trying to do that and and trying to maintain um, some sort of legacy from from what had previously been known as as Vitz University into Bidvestwitz, but just the sale on the surface of the PSL just grinds me. It's just shocking. And obviously it's it's personal because I'm I'm sitting here without a job as we speak. And you know, people may say sour grapes and sure, of course it is, yeah, because I'm not working and I and I should be. You spent close to 10 years at Bitvestwitz, most of it with with Gavin Hunt as head coach. Uh, what mm-hmm. was it like working with, with Gavin? And are you surprised that Kaiser Chiefs have struggled this season? Um, but considering they did have a transfer ban, um, you know, going into the season and couldn't sign any new players, uh, you know, obviously also knocked out of the net bank up by a low league team. That happens. Um, but where do you think it's gone gone wrong so far this season? And obviously you have no doubt that that him and Dylan Shepard, you also know very well, can turn things around. Yeah, I think let's go back to the to the start there of your of your of your question. Um, sure. I was not forgetting I was also a, a professional player in the PSL with, yeah. with Bidvestwitz. I was there for four years as a player, and returned a few years later on on the technical staff initially as a fitness coach under Roger Desar and Eric Tinkler. Uh, Roger obviously knew me as a as a very good pro and 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 brought me back into the fold as a fitness coach. Um, and then a year after that, obviously we went through. Antonio Habas, I was his, um, I was his fitness coach and second assistant to Miguel Martinez, um, and then to Clive Barker and Jose at the time. Jose Ferreira asked me to step up and, and assist Clive because Clive was coming in as a, as the main motivator, but he needed someone running the sessions, and, and that fell into my hands, which was great for me, um, a great step forward in in my career as an assistant coach. And then after that season, after finishing uh, fourth, if I'm not mistaken, then Gavin came in, you know, and and again it was proving yourself all over again. Gavin comes um with a with a reputation. And um and he and he's not the most trusting of characters. And you've got to build that trust with him and you've got to prove yourself. And I certainly wasn't shy in doing so. I mean I think I remember the first day I'd gone and said, Gav, you know, welcome. Uh, I said, I know you probably don't know much about me, but I was Clive's assistant last year, but I also do a lot of the fitness. I just want to know you know, where we stand, what you want me to do. And he just looked at me and went, just want you in the gym. I was like, right. Okay. So that was a knockback, but within, within a week, I was kind of back to what I was doing, running the sessions and, and kind of earned, earned his trust as we went. And then of course we went on to, you know, being losing finalists in the Ned Bank cup and, you know, then on to winning the, uh, the MTN eight, then the league and then the telecom cup, as you, as you 
quite rightly know. But it's um, look, it's been a it's been a long journey just onto his onto his chief's path. Um, we had a conversation in in the bubble, and he kind of he didn't really let on that there was things in the pipeline, but we we knew um gav that he would always hold his cards close to his chest and we also knew the type of person he is that he's not massively trusted and he's certainly going to sort himself out first before anybody else um and there was a brief conversation that i had with him alone at the table and, and chiefs was mentioned and, and i said quite boldly so i said mm, gav you know if chiefs the reality of chiefs if they don't win this you know earns could possibly go but I said it's a bit of a poison chalice. You know, I think at the time we knew, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think back, did we know about the, the transfer ban? I'm not quite sure. But but I'd said that and 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 I really felt that, that it was a bit of a poison chalice because also knowing, knowing Gav, when he comes into an environment and we did it when he first got there, as well as as many seasons after that as well, almost season by season, we had a big turnaround. He's a big believer in turning the squad around to keep players hungry. So you can keep players that are of a good age. Um, they've got a great reputation, but they've got to still have the hunger. And if Gavin feels that they don't have the hunger, then your time is very, very limited. And, and we often did that pretty much season by season was just get fresh minds, fresh bodies, fresh personalities in um, to keep that hunger and to keep the fight for first team places, which is on to the next level. I think we fell very, very short of that um, when we won the league in 2017 because there was sentimentality crept in for all of us. And and we should have got rid, and, and Dane won't mind me saying this, um, I speak to Dane quite often as well, but the likes of the Dane Clates, the Manib Josephs, because of sentimentality, we kept those players and we bottomed out in in the season following and and that's how gavin runs his store you know and, and we often had conversations afterwards about that where we should have had a clear out we should have been sentimental and kept older players that maybe didn't have the hunger whatnot and and now gavin's faced with that chiefs hence my call going it's a bit of a poison chalice because they had an aging squad at the time mm. for years even even post stuart baxter they hadn't really brought in any youngsters uh, of any real quality in my book um, that were going to fight for places against the Willard Cut Sundays and the Bernard Parkers and the Chabalalas at the time and, and, and Kunis, you know, so these guys get a little bit long in the tooth um, and they lack hunger. This happens. And they're also, you know, Chiefs is a, is a huge institution. It's a, it's a massive club. And these guys know that they're the pinnacle of their careers in terms of where they would like to be in South African football from a financial perspective and also as a as a following. You know, they they're a brand unto themselves, these guys. And and you're thinking, there needs to be a massive turnaround there, but he couldn't, you know, be it from the Chiefs point of view, but also, as we all know, that the transfer embargo that was on them, he, he, Gav couldn't do it anyway. So I'm not surprised that he struggled. Um, I don't think it's down to the way he coaches. He's he is very simple in his in his approach, the way he does things. He he likes discipline. He likes structure, and and it's a very basic structure. And and if you're not able to fit in and understand that, then you're going to struggle. Um, and I think that's where they're battling at the moment. I think it's going to take some time to turn it around. But I wouldn't be surprised if as soon as Gav's able to. Um, 
get beyond the transfer ban, there'll be a massive turnaround and shake-up uh, within the Chiefs' squad. And, and that's if Gav can hold out that long. That's if they keep him around that long. Yeah, no, you make a few really good points there. Well, Paul, um, I really enjoyed your insight and it's great catching up to you, uh, up with you rather. Um, what's, in the, what's in the pipeline in the, you know, in the near future for yourself? Obviously, you know, you're a very, very successful assistant coach at Bitfest Um, You have roots back in England. Um, you know, what, what's the plan for the next few months? Obviously, staying involved in football. Yeah, I am. Um... Yeah, options are open at this point in time. AB, I've I've always been open to to opportunities to to go wherever in the world. Um, I think the natural transition for us at this point, the longer it goes on with me without me getting a job in South Africa, the more um, we kind of lean towards going back to the UK, um, which is obviously where I was born, and then trying to trying to make a go of it over there. I mean, it's just if it's just as hard, if not harder, over there to make a you know, to make a, a path for yourself because there's so many qualified and experienced coaches out there. Um, but if, if that's the way it goes, then, then so be it, but always will, you know, keep my, my head in football. I'm just about to finish my UEFA A license. It's kind of been delayed because of, because of COVID. So I need to do just three final assessments to get my UEFA A license under my belt. Um, but I need to get on the grass to do that. And, and that's been, that's been held up, but I've put a hell of a lot of time and effort into, into my football career, um, both as a player and, and, and now as a coach. And, uh, I'd certainly like to continue that journey and, um, wherever that may be, who knows, but right now, um, there's, there's nothing there. It's been, it's been a, a tough old time. There's been, if I may say a lot of bullshit in the pipeline, uh, a lot of stories, but never anything concrete, and uh, yeah, you get a, a little bit fed up with with the nonsense from time to time. But again, maybe that's the industry. You uh, but you put a lot of heart and soul into it, so yeah. you've got to try and continue and uh, and get through the negative times. You know. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Paul, great great catching up once again, and, and stay safe and and all the best. Yeah, thanks so much, Shabi. Great to chat to you again, my man. Take care. Yeah, you too. Anytime. Cheers, Paul. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Disky Discussions. If you have any questions or guests you'd like me to have on the show, please hit me up at AB underscore Basson on Twitter or on Instagram. Stay safe, like, subscribe, aware.